just Jesus. This is lesson 13 and this lesson is in God's eternal purpose. In God's eternal purpose. Hallelujah. And this is going to be a great subject because we're going to learn something about how God plans everything. And so before we do that, let's pray together and let's ask the Holy Spirit to move on our hearts in this lesson. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that as we go through this lesson together, that, Father, we will understand that the purpose that God has always had is Christ Jesus, and for us to know Christ Jesus. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you've got your notes, that's wonderful. Always remember, five, no more than five bullet points and answer the questions at the end because it always helps you to churn things over, to look at things again, to meditate on what you've listened to. So you really digest what the Holy Spirit speaks to your life in this lesson and through this lesson. So let's read the introduction together. This is in the eternal purpose of God and let's really digest this lesson together. Let's read the, instru the introduction together and if you can, if you're in a place where you can, let's read it out loud. When you became a Christian, a whole new life started. You were put into God's eternal plan and purpose. Or let's read that again. When you became a Christian, a whole new life started. You were put into God's eternal plan and purpose purpose. Now this is a very intriguing subject because today in church life there's a lot about purpose and having purpose, having vision, having destiny and, and years ago it used to be more vision was the word but today if you watch Christian TV or read articles it's a lot about destiny and I believe in vision and I believe in destiny in God. Well, it's, it's really, at the moment, it just uh, overflows so much in every broadcast, every book, and a lot of sermons you watch online about destiny. And everybody is searching for their destiny in God. The trouble is, a lot of the times, and maybe you've encountered this in your own life, maybe, that in searching for a destiny, it almost seems out of reach. It's like you're always searching, you're always praying, you're always fasting, you're always asking, what is my destiny, Lord? And, and it seems out of reach for, I would say, probably 95% of Christians. That's just off the top of my head. But as I've experienced through many years in Christian life, a lot of people, when you talk about vision and what is now destiny, it's really out there and, and, and they're always searching and praying and you can feel and maybe you're ministering to somebody right now that when you don't feel that you're reaching your God-given destiny, potential and things like this and you've struggled and you've strived and you've prayed and you've asked and you've had people pray for you, maybe and you, you've listened to loads of sermons, when it, when it seems so out of reach sometimes, you can start condemning yourself, 
you can start looking inwardly and say maybe I'm not reaching and there's many articles on this where you're not reaching your God-given destiny and purpose because there's sin in your life or there's not enough commitment in your life or you're not giving enough or you're not praying enough or you're not studying enough and all them things are wonderful and should be done as part of a mature Christian's life but the reality is folks that when the Bible talks about purpose and destiny, it refers to God's purpose and destiny for the believer. I'll say that again. When the Bible talks about purpose and destiny, it talks about God's purpose and destiny in the life of a believer through Christ. It's as simple as that. So it's not that your purpose and destiny is out of reach you've actually already received it in fact you're part of not your purpose and destiny <laughs> i know i hope this helps people you're not you're not trying to strive for your purpose and destiny you're part of god's purpose and destiny it's god who has the purpose and it's god who has the destiny and we are part of that we've inherited that in Christ Jesus to be a part of his purpose and his destiny. So I really want to take the weight off your shoulders now. Let me repeat that. I repeat a few things in these lessons on purpose. Let's take the weight and the burden of you striving for your God-given destiny off your shoulders now. Now, I know there's people asking questions out there who think, well, doesn't God have something for me? Yes, Jesus. Hasn't, doesn't God want me to do something? Yes, reflect Jesus. Shouldn't I use my gifts? Absolutely. Use them in the local church and let Christ minister through you. Let it grow through you. Let it minister to people in the world and let the ministry grow in whatever capacity that is. But when we talk, when a lot of Christians and preachers talk about God-given destiny, it's always about the fivefold ministry or the being a prophet, apostle, preacher, evangelist. What about the gift of helps? One of the most powerful gifts in the church today is the gift of helps. The way that the sound system's done, the way people lead worship and help the congregation to 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 worship the Lord? What about the car park attendant? What about the person who's there shaking people's hands, welcoming people, pouring out chairs, helping with the children's church? All these kind of things are the gifts of helps in operation and to be honest, make up most of the way a church operates on a weekly or daily level. And so it's one of the most powerful gifts. And so we, we must look at the gifts of God in people and see Christ in those gifts working through those gifts as his purpose and his destiny through that person. So I'm not trying to discover my destiny. I'm working with his purpose and his plan and his destiny through my life in Christ Jesus. I hope that's helped and I hope it kind of makes sense in my introduction really today to, 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 to just calm down, just begin to say, Lord, what well, you know, I'm going to use the talents and the gifts I know I've got. There's no mystery. You've got certain abilities. If there's other ones that come through and flourish as you act, it'll happen. There's no mystery to that. And you just act on that. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Hallelujah. You just act on what God's given you and it flourishes through you as you begin to move. It's no mystery. So 
let's just take that burden off you. So the most important thing is God's purpose and destiny. God's vision for mankind. That, that's key. And as we move with that, our gifts and, 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 uh, will flourish within that framework. So let's just turn to the Word of God, the Bible reading, and let's take the first scripture. There's three scriptures altogether, and let's take uh, the first one and read it together. Uh, Ephesians 1 verse 11. Ephesians 1 verse 11 proves my point. In whom, and when we see that word in whom, that's another term for in Christ, in the finished work of Christ, in what he has done, who we are in him, that's our identity now, in whom also we are received or obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, so we're in Christ, we in whom we're in Christ, it's our identity that we have obtained an inheritance. We've obtained an inheritance in Christ. That inheritance is Christ first and foremost himself. We've obtained Christ, we have received Christ, and we've received his spirit. It was a promise given in the scriptures that we would receive his spirit, his life within us, hallelujah, that salvation, hallelujah, when we was born again by the spirit of God, and we've obtained it. It says, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance. So, you know, when we talk about inheritances in the purpose and plan of God, we've got to understand that we've already obtained it. I may, and this may come to a shock to most people because, again, there's lots of things being said where we're always trying to obtain the promise of God. We're, we're in inheritance. You've got an inheritance and people free. You've got an inheritance. Let, let's give to receive it. Let's do more to receive it. Let's press in to receive it. And it, the scripture says, because of the plan of God, you have obtained the inheritance. You have the promises of God. All these things I'm teaching, you have. It's your inheritance. It's who you are. You have it. Whether you acknowledge it or not, you have it. But acknowledgement and belief in these things helps you to be effectual in living that out in your Christian life rather than be miserable or uh, kind of distracted or taught differently. And so this is the power aspect, folks. You have obtained it. You've obtained salvation. You've obtained forgiveness. You've obtained justification. You've obtained a righteousness. You've obtained, and I'm not giving some of the lessons away. You, you are, are delivered. You've obtained all these inheritances in Christ. So I haven't got to strive. You haven't got to strive for this destiny of an inheritance as though you've got to go into the promised land. You're already in the promised land. The promised land is Christ himself and now you are at rest in Christ I'll say that again you have obtained the inheritance of the promised land it's Christ himself and now you rest you see when they went into the promised land and obtained an inheritance of the promised land by faith not by law Moses didn't enter the land because that was law but by faith 
it was it, you, 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 we see Caleb, we see Joshua, who are people of faith, they entered the promise. And so by faith, we've entered Christ. Hebrews teaches us this. And now we're at rest. And when they entered the land, they was at rest. When they defeated the giants, they was at rest. They settled in the land, and that was in their inheritance of the children of Israel. And then they lived. They planted, they sowed, they harvested, they brought up their families. They lived in the promised land. Now we live in Christ. And so we grow our families up in Christ, we go to work in Christ, we, 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 do, we just live our lives in Christ because he's the inheritance, he's the promise. And we're at rest in living our lives in Jesus. You see how burdensome we've made the Christian life as though it's so difficult? No, live. Live. You pour out your beans in Jesus Christ, you wash up in Jesus Christ, you go out for a nice day in Jesus Christ, you go shopping in Jesus Christ, you bring up your kids and your grandkids in Jesus Christ, you just live Christ and are at rest in what you've obtained in him. And I hope that really helps people out there because that is your destiny. Your destiny is God's purpose to be in Christ and obtain an inheritance of salvation. It says being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. You see, God doesn't need our plans. He doesn't need our plans of how we're going to work this, how we're going to work that. His salvation plan was after the counsel of his own will. And so people say, why didn't God do it this way? Why didn't God do it that way? Because it's the counsel of his own will. As sovereign God, he's decided to do it through his only son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that was a mystery. And it's been revealed now in Jesus Christ. And so that's the counsel of his own will. And so that's wonderful. Why is that wonderful? Because if, for instance, you have unsaved family, you have unsaved friends, you have, you, look, it's not after the counsel of your own will, trying to get them saved, thinking God's going to do it this way and God's going to do it that way. Tell you how God's going to do it, through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, drawing them to Jesus Christ. That's how he's going to do it. All the finer details, God's going to work out. I just pray. I pray for my friends. I pray for my families. I don't have to do it the counsel of my will. It's his will. And so your salvation, folks, is his will. And the way of salvation is his will. Why is that so important? Because as we're going to find out, his will of salvation is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Just Jesus. His way is the cross and the resurrection. Just Jesus. Not your works. Not your counsel. Not your striving. His cross and his resurrection by his only begotten son. That's the counsel of his will. That's his eternal purpose. That's his destiny. Hallelujah. Through Jesus Christ. It's always been about Jesus Christ. Always. Let's go on. Ephesians 3, 11. 
Hallelujah. According to the eternal purpose, that Greek word again, eternal purpose, which he purposed in what? In Christ, hallelujah, Jesus, our Lord. So let me read that again. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So this salvation, redemptive plan, this redemptive purpose of God, this salvation that we and you, I have received is part of an eternal purpose in Christ. It's always been about Christ, folks. But right from the beginning, it's been about Christ Jesus. And it says that it's an eternal purpose. So it's eternity past, if I can get your mind to think that way, because when we think of eternity, a lot of the times we think eternal future only, don't we? We think, I'm going to have eternal life. And so we think of eternity in terms of future. But in God, it's eternity past as well as eternity future. Let me say that again. In God, it's eternity past and eternity future. God lives, it's eternal life. He has He's self-existent. He always has been. And so that there's not that time in God in that sense. But for, to help us, God is in eternity past as well as eternity future. And so his plan in eternity past, hallelujah, was to save you through Jesus Christ and him alone and not your works. And not your trying to strive by the counsel of your own will for a God-given purpose. Your purpose, your destiny is Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to say that again. Your purpose, your destiny is Jesus. That's God's purpose and destiny from eternity past to right to eternity future. Jesus put it like this. I'm the Alpha, the beginning. I'm the Omega. I'm the end. Hallelujah. It's all summed up in Jesus Christ. The whole redemptive plan is in Jesus Christ. And you've obtained it. You are now in Christ. So you are part of it. So is your eternal salvation secure? Yes. It is. Your salvation is secure. If you're truly born again, it is secure because you're in that eternal purpose. And it's not changing for you. It's not changing because you have weaknesses. It's not changing because you have struggles. It's not changing because you have doubts. It's not changing because you get upset. It's not changing for anything because it's been eternally decided in the eternal past that it was through Jesus, him alone, just Jesus. And if you believe on him, you receive eternal life. You've obtained an inheritance of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Now, is eternal life eternal? Absolutely. So you know your salvation is secure because you have within you, you've obtained an inheritance of eternal life through the eternal purpose and plan of God. And so that in itself will live on in eternity. Hallelujah. What am I trying to say? 
you already have eternal life. Let me say that again. I want you to hear it clearly. You already have an eternal life. It's not something you're going to receive when you get to heaven. You already have it. Heaven is where we can be for eternity. And then the new heavens and the new earth and the millennial reign. And then we're all subjects in themselves. But we'll be with God for eternity in a place called heaven, in a place called the, the millennial reign of Christ, in a place when that's over in the new heavens and the new earth. So there are places we will be for eternity. But the very life within us is God's life. It's eternal. And that was always his plan. Amen. Let's go now to uh, and Ephesians 3.11 again. It says, according to that eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ. Now, this, let's just turn to the word study just to understand this before we continue a little bit more. Because, one, let's look at the word eternal. The word eternal is eternal age. Individual age is summed up with eternity and endless future. Amen. So the, the, there are segments of time that God has laid out within his purpose, within his eternal plan that we are part of right now. So the church age and we are part of that time period. And there are time periods within God's eternal plan and purpose with an endless future. Praise the Lord. And that's what we have now. Now, his purpose means a purpose, a setting forth, an intention, a showbread. A showbread. And that, so, you know, the showbread was in the temple. And the showbread was made out of the first fruits of, of the harvest and was made in, I'm not a great baker, but it was made into a dough and it was classed as holy, it was classed clusters dedicated it represents christ himself and as the showbread in the lord's holy place in his presence and it was also kind of known as presence bread in that sense and it represented his presence and i just want to say to you right now that god has placed his purpose on show because that word purpose also means showbread that's like the Old Testament uh, kind of picture language in the temple that represents Christ, the eternal purpose. It's on show. His presence is on show. His plan is on show. Did you get that? So his showbread in the temple, let me repeat, is like a picture of Christ, in which we have received now, as his presence and plan on open show. So when he died on the cross, now this is the fulfillment of the showbread in the temple. When he died upon a cross, he made a public show of all the principalities and powers because the eternal plan and purpose of God was now on show. Let me say that again. When Christ died upon a cross, he made an open show of all the principalities and powers because God's eternal plan and purpose was now on show in Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. He is the show bread now. Remember, Jesus said, I am the temple. Knock it down or raise you in three days. He is the show bread, the bread of God's presence, 
the bread of God's eternal purpose now on show to the whole world, including the principalities and powers, for the forgiveness of sins. And when he raised from the dead again, he made a public display of his power over death, his power over sin, and authority is given to him. So when you see the temple showbread in the Old Testament, it is a revelation of what was to come, Jesus. And so when you talk about purpose, destiny, the plan of God, we're talking about Jesus. It was always God's eternal plan and eternal purpose for you to be in Christ. For you to receive the forgiveness of sins. To, for you to be conquerors over death. For you to be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is God's eternal purpose. And through the Old Testament it was shown in shadow in the temple. But in the New Testament when Jesus died he placed on show Jesus. He placed on show his redemptive plan. It's Jesus himself. And so being in Christ means you're in Christ, you're in his purpose, you're in his plan, and therefore have received salvation as an inheritance and received his spirit. Praise the Lord. And so that's the intention of God. It says a setting forth, an intention. The intention was always Jesus before even the world began. It was always about just Jesus. So you can put that into perspective now about our lives. How pitiful we can be, and I'm not condemning anybody because I can do it myself. How pitiful we can be sometimes when we look to ourselves, we look at our weaknesses, our strengths, because our strengths sometimes can be self-righteous and our weakness can be condemning. We look to our strengths, we look to our weaknesses, and, and we, we, we think that's how God views our purpose in life and our destiny in life. No, he views, his, he views uh, a destiny and purpose of our lives through his eternal plan, his eternal intention in Christ Jesus. So that's what God's focusing on. He's not focusing on uh, you in that sense. He's focusing on Christ in you. Hallelujah. So let's go to the next scripture now. And it's 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse 9. Who has saved us. Uh, or has he not yet saved us? No, he saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works. But according to his own purpose and grace which he has given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So when did this plan and purpose of being in Christ start? Before the world began. Before angels was created, folks. Before people was created. Before animals was created. Before even the fall, God had already planned everything out for us, you and me, to be saved. For us to be in Christ. And yet we think we can be in and out of Christ. Sometimes we think that what we do makes us in and out of Christ. 
or in and out of fellowship, or in and out of salvation, or in and out of forgiveness, or in and out of righteousness. Haven't gone, uh, what's up with us? No, it's the eternal purpose he purposed in Christ before the world began. This is no accident. This is, he's, God's not shocked by sometimes the way we are in our attitudes. I'm not saying, of course, he wants us to change and reflect Christ. And I say that in every one of these lessons. But please understand the foundation is we're part of his plan, his purpose in just Jesus. And so we're saved, we're righteous, we're forgiven, justified, and the list goes on. Hallelujah. Before the world began. And, and so that's why the Bible says if they had known, if the principalities would have known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. They did not know, folks. They saw the shadows like we do in the Old Testament. They heard the prophecies. They knew the deliverer was coming to judge them. That's what the principalities and powers knew. They, they knew the deliverer was coming, but they didn't understand the fullness of the mystery in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But now it's been revealed when Jesus hung on the cross and he was that showbread and he was saying, look, I am redemption. I am the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. I am the resurrection and the life veiled in flesh. Oh, praise the Lord. So does that build confidence in you? It builds confidence in me. Let it build confidence in you. You are part of a big plan of God and you're in it because the plan is Christ. Right to the end until Christ, it says in the scriptures, hands everything to the Father and the new heavens and the new earth is created and we're with him for eternity. Hallelujah. That was always God's plan. Amen. Amen. And the way it says here, it talks about purpose and it talks about purposed. And it says in Ephesians 3.11 as well, that he's purposed, which was purposed in Christ. And that word purpose is the mode of action. So God has a purpose, a plan, a destiny for mankind to be saved and delivered and forgiven and made righteous. Now, what's the purpose in Christ, meaning he, Christ is the mode of action in which his purposes are accomplished. Let me say that again. Christ is the purposed mode of action in which God has purposed in Christ through which his purposes are accomplished. So his forgiveness purpose is accomplished through Christ as the action. He, uh, righteousness was God's purpose, which is accomplished through the mode of action, Christ Jesus. You start to see the picture. So all the purposes and promises of God are now fulfilled in God's purpose in Christ Jesus, through Christ. Christ is the action that brought what was eternally decided in the past, 2,000 years ago, were brought into action through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So when you believe on Jesus, you're believing on God's purpose, his plan. And you receive him, you are receiving God's plan of redemption in you. Praise the Lord. Now, you can rest in that. 
You can live in that. You can go to work in that. You can go to church in that. You can raise your kids in that. You are in his purpose to take the weight off your shoulders. Now, use your gifts. Let God speak to you. Let God prompt you to do things and say things and be kind to others or release your gifts to others, encourage others, edify the church. Bless those outside. Absolutely. Just live Jesus and those things will flow. Hallelujah. In your life. Praise the Lord. And so let's just go to the explanation part now of the note. Let's read it together. You are, as a Christian, part of the eternal plan and purpose of God. This purpose of God is his eternal intention, which is actioned in Christ. Notice these verses always mention in Christ. We have received. The answer is in Christ. We have received a calling. We have received a salvation that is not by works, but by grace. Salvation in Christ is God's eternal plan and purpose. Salvation in Christ is your inheritance. God's plan and purpose has been proclaimed through the gospel. 2 Timothy 1 verse 10 talks about it was the mystery hidden, but was revealed by the gospel even unto the principalities and powers. Your salvation in Christ was planned by God. In the eternal past. Your salvation by grace. Is by grace and not works. Nor the law. It is no accident. Praise him. Isn't that wonderful? It's by grace folks. You've obtained it. Now I just want to add there. You know when there's a will given. And, and the inheritance is dished out. And it's in your bank account. You have to use it. You have to use what you've inherited. You have to live by what you've inherited. You know, and people say, well, well if, I, if, I, if I win a load of money or get a load of money in the inheritance, it won't change my life. It always changes your life. You know, and it's the same. If you use it, it will change your life. And, and so we've got to use and acknowledge and believe and live according to what we've inherited in Christ Jesus and it changes your life on this planet, folks. It changes your family. It changes the way you live. Amen. Praise the Lord. So now let's go into the other scriptures. There's three other scriptures I just want to go into uh, in this lesson. Romans 8.28. Let's read it together. Romans 8.28. And it's a very famous scripture. And it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Notice again, the term used is his purpose. Not our purpose, his purpose, which is eternal. Doesn't change because our purpose is change all the time don't they we we can get up in the morning think we're going to go to the shop or Mary Hill or another shopping place and then things cut across and things don't go to plan 
and we end up not fulfilling our purpose. So I'm so glad, hallelujah, and you should be so glad that your salvation is not based on your purpose or my purpose, uh, your vision or my vision. It's based upon his vision, what he had for salvation through his son Jesus and his plan and intention. And praise the Lord for that. And we are called according to that purpose in Christ. Now, for those who are called according to that purpose, who have believed on Jesus, are saved by Jesus, are born again. It says this, we know all things work together for good for, to them that love God and are called according to the purpose. And so we know that everything we go through in life is not right. Not everything is sent from God to test us or try us. No, but we know that whatever we go through in life, that is not our fault, by the way, because if it's our fault, Peter says, why are you so surprised? You know, if you go and do, if you go in uh, speed down the motorway to 100 miles an hour and a cop stops you and gives you a fine, um, then uh, why are you surprised at that? I tell you what the Lord will work that for your goodies is that he'll remind you next time not to break the law of the land. <laughs> Hallelujah. He'll teach you to obey the law of the land. Now, so all things work for our good folks in Christ because the, the, the Lord allows nobody, no devil, no demon, victory in any sort of way. Even death itself, Listen to me carefully. Even death itself, while we see people die, is no victory for the devil because a Christian sleeps, he doesn't die. A Christian is absent from the body, present with the Lord. So from the outward looking in, we see, oh, the devil's got a victory. No, he hasn't because all things work for our good. For me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. And so we must understand, we don't understand all the time how it's working for our good, but it is working for our good. Now, does that mean that we should suffer just for the sake of it, thinking God is teaching me a lesson through sickness? Absolutely not, because I know people use this verse for that. No, because we've got the purposes of God in Christ and healing is one of them. And we should pray for the sick, for them to recover Hallelujah. But we've got to understand that God doesn't allow the devil to have one victory. One victory, even death is no victory. Praise the Lord. And so the other question is, is how, how do we love God then? If, if, if things work together for my good, I must be one called according to his purpose. Absolutely. And again, that's the purpose of God in Christ, not your God-given vision and destiny, like some preach it. And I must love God more. So I've got to love God more, love God more. Now, the scripture is clear how we love God. We love God because he first loved us. It says in 1 John 4, we love him because he first loved us. He shed abroad in our hearts his love. And so we love God, we love one another inherently within our new nature because we're born again and we have received the God of love. What about Romans 9 verse 11? For the children being yet not born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but him that calls. calls. Hallelujah. And this is really about how the purpose of God 
is according to him and it endures. The purpose and election of God endures and continues. It's not based on man. That's why he says before even children are born, they ain't done any good and evil. He's, he's not like kind. What I mean, what he's trying to say is he's not trying to work the salvation plan out as he goes along. You ever been like that when you might, might be saying, like, shall we just drive somewhere? And you're driving and you think, well, where shall we go? And you think, oh, we'll just make it up as we go along and see where we end up. <laughs> if that's a good illustration to use, God's not doing that. God isn't saying, well, I'll wait to see you sins and I'll work out their salvation and the plan of salvation as we go along and see where we end up. No, God already has worked it out in his eternal past to see where your salvation is going to end up. And I'll tell you where it's going to end up. It's already ended up in Christ and you'll be with God forever. Let me say that again. I tell you where your salvation is going to end up. It's already ended up in Christ and it's going to be with Christ, with God forever and eternity. Praise the Lord. And it's not based upon whether you've done good or bad, sinned or not sinned. It's all about him that calls, Romans 9, 11 says. Hallelujah. So there's no plan B. Let me say that again. There's no plan B. God's plan and purpose is no plan B. It's not whether it will work or not. It has worked in just Jesus. Hebrews 9 verse 2. The last scripture we're going to look at today. Hebrews 9 verse 2. For there was a tabernacle made the first, wherein was the candlestick, referring to the old covenant, referring to the, the tent of meeting or the temple, and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. So in the sanctuary, there was the showbread. And again, as I've already said, the showbread is purpose. It's God's purpose on show. It's amazing that the showbread is the same Greek word purpose as in purpose in Christ. And so God's purpose is on show in Jesus. So when we look to his cross, we look to his re resurrection, we're seeing God's purpose. So don't, don't be a person who's saying, what's God's purpose for my life? Look to the cross and resurrection. What does God want me to do? Look to the cross and the resurrection. What does God want for my life? Look to the cross and the resurrection. And everything that he accomplished through his death and resurrection is what he wants for you. What he's given to you and what he wants you to live through you. Let me say that again. When you ask the question, what does God want for my life? What good purpose? What destiny? Look to the cross and resurrection and you see the showbread, the showpiece of God, of his purpose in Christ. That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to live and believe you're righteous. He wants you to live and believe you're forgiven. He wants you to live and believe you're justified. He wants you to live and believe you're accepted. He wants you to live and believe, hallelujah, that you're in his plan. He wants you to live and believe you're a new creation. He's given it to you. So when you look to the cross and resurrection, that's the plan of God. That's what he's done within me. That's now where I'm going to live. That's now my purpose. Hallelujah, to live according to to his purpose in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. And that's the bread of his presence. 
That show bread is the bread of his presence, folks. That means when I live, hallelujah, I, I, when I live according to his purpose, that means his presence is in me. It's in me, folks. It's in you right now. His presence is in you. His purpose is in you. His eternal plan is in you. It's in you because Christ is in you. Let's just acknowledge it and then just live it. It's not hard. Live your life at rest in Christ. Amen. Go to work and say, I'm fulfilling the plan and purpose of God in my life. I'm at work and I'm working as unto the Lord and that's God's purpose. I'm bringing up my family. That's God's purpose. Hallelujah. Because his purpose is being at work through my family life, my work life, my shopping life, everything I do, my church life. Isn't that a different way to look at things? And it's powerful, folks. It's powerful. So let's just go now to the apply section. Let's read this together. Begin to recognize you're in God's plan for your life. And has been successful. The plan of God has been successful. Begin to reveal the plan to others instead of asking, what is God's plan or will for my life? Let's read that again. It's so important. Begin to recognize you're in God's plan for your life and has been successful. Begin to reveal this plan to others instead of asking, what is God's will for my life? And I know this breaks tradition. And I'm not saying God doesn't want us to do things. And we, we follow his leading in areas of our life and development and maturity and gifting and ministry. But what I'm saying to you, the fundamental thing is, don't keep saying, what do you will for my life, Lord? He's given it through the death and resurrection. Just live and all the other things just flow and, and flourish. Amen. And when he prompts you to do stuff, of course. When he leads you, do stuff, of course. But it's not going to be a burden of seeking and striving all the time. So let's just go to the questions. Questions one. In one word, what is God's eternal plan and purpose? In one word. Can you do it? In one word, what is God's eternal plan and purpose? Number two. How was God's plan and purpose executed and number three, why do Christians strive to know God's plan for their life? I hope that's been an encouragement to you and an eye-opener. Until next time on Just Jesus, God bless you.